Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. And Jim, we got episode seven titled, I Told You So, because tonight we bring back the newly crowned national champion, Ajani Teeler, and she's bringing a friend, Maddie Berezowitz. They're going to tell us about this season, what it's like to be national champions, how long they bask in the glory of being a national champion, and what next season will bring us. So, you know, without further ado, man, help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, our friend, our pal, Ajani Teeler and Maddie Berezowitz. Azani, Maddie, how are we doing tonight? Doing good. How are you? I mean, champs. I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) Well, we got to start with you, Maddie, because we hadn't had you on the show before. So where are you from? Yeah, so I'm actually home right now. I'm from Burlington, Wisconsin. Uh, For you Dallas Cowboys fans, it's Tony Romo's hometown. Um, And so I'm home. I'm home, finally. (laughs) I mean, the Tony Romo shout out right out the gate. Yeah. So is that a big or a small town? Uh, Super small. We only have like 10,000 people. Um, So he's kind of, he is the star of our town, I should say. Well, no, you are now. That's, let's Uh, correct that. Yeah. People people are saying that, but I I can, I don't think that I went out. Especially, (laughs) you know, we'll we'll get to that part, but y'all are going to go back to back. And that's really going to be when you're, you're the queen because you're going to have multiple titles, something that he don't have. 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> then I better I be on some street signs and things like that. Yeah. Drive into Burlington. It's going to say home of Maddie Breswitz and also this guy named Tony Romo. <laughs> I, I do have a question, Maddie. Yeah. What's, is it Racine County? Racine, Racine County. Racine yeah. County. Is that the same county, like from a league of their own? You've probably never seen that movie, have you? Is Racine Peaches? That's my favorite movie of all time. Who said that? Well, no, you Daniel? said you said Racine Peaches. It's the Rockford nope. Peaches. It's the Racine Bells. So you just Racine. butchered it. Racine Bells. Y'all, I played for the Racine Bells in softball when I was like 10. I should know that. That's bad. Uh, this is a small yeah. world. Daniel, you know what we just got, though? We just got uh, solidifying my wife to listen to this episode because League of Their Own is her favorite movie. And so when I tell her that we even talked about this, she's tuning in right out the gate. It's the best movie of all time, hands down, period. Well, unfortunately, me nor Daniel, we had a sports movie draft episode. We did not draft it. My wife, she, we let her be a part of it. She drafted it first round. We didn't get it to be a part of our movies, but we agree. So, let's, right. get, so let's get into it. We talked about where you're from. Let's talk about family dynamics. Are you from big, uh, big family, small family? Yep. Huge family. Ajani can attest. Um, she's been to Burlington, and she sees that it's, it's basically only family here. Um, so I'm the oldest of four kids. So it's me. And then my brother is a senior in high school. He's trying to figure out where he wants to go to school um, for basketball. And then my sister is a sophomore. My other sister's in eighth grade. And they're probably going to play college volleyball as well. Um, grew up in the gym. My dad's the varsity basketball coach here in my small town. Um, and then my brother obviously played for him. So I lit- when I say I grew up in the gym, like that was the only way to get us off my mom's hands. So I, I truthfully just lived there for a long time. <laughs> well, let's start with your brother because I know you want to give him a shout out. You know, I saw your recent post on Instagram. What did he just accomplish? 
yeah, he just set the all-time scoring record for high school. And um, truth be told, he's about my weight. So like, not to be weird, but like 130, not anymore. Maybe he's like 140 now. <laughs> and he's like 5'10". So he's a little dude. And he just hit the all-time scoring record for division or for our school. And we're the biggest like division. Z, what's that called? Like 5A, what do you guys call that in yeah. Texas? Yeah. 6A, 5A. Yeah. So like yeah. the biggest division. The three-point three record. And whose record was that before he beat it? Yeah, he beat Tony's record for the point for points and for Oh, points. look at that. Y'all, y'all's family is just taking over. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you know, can, can can y'all spare like some regular folk like me just a little bit of talent? Like <laughs> I love it. I'll sprinkle so, it around. I'll share it. Just just give me a little. So does does dad get all does dad get all the credit for passing along these athletic genes? He would never take credit for that. No, and my mom sure as you know what will not take credit either. It's uh it's it's more like my grandpa actually. My grandpa, um, you guys are big sports junkies. So Whitewater football is a D3 football school. Um, and they kind of dominated football in division three forever. And he was the coach there for 40 years. Um, and so he was the kind of the guy that got us all going. My dad played D3 basketball though, um, at a small school in Minnesota too. So all right, so I got to ask you the honest question. When we talk to athletes that are from athletic families, I have to ask, who would you say is the most athletic of all of you? <laughs> you have to be honest here. Sometimes, you know, people uh, quickly say themselves and then you're no. quick to pass it to somebody else. It isn't you? It won't be me, no. No? No, that's for sure. Oh, God. I, I'll say Joey, but – we're not the most athletic family Z. Like we're not the Johnny Teelers. Okay. Uh, so we, we have the intangibles. Well, we'll say that, but Joey's probably. The <laughs> I gotcha. So outside of your family, was there any big influences on you in athletics growing up? Yeah. Um, so I came like my little town here. Uh, we, it's like a volleyball town too. So, um, typically go to state. I won two state championships runner up one year. I made a state all four years. It's just like a thing you do kind of. Um, so I started going to volleyball camp when I was like five, like as soon as I could walk. So my high school coaches here in Burlington, I always say we're like better than any of my AU club coaches. They're just the best and taught me honest to goodness, everything I know about the sport, um, up to obviously college. So they were the most monumental in my, my athletic career for sure. And was volleyball the only thing you ever played? No, I actually am a runner up state softball player. Okay. And then I, you acted like you weren't that athletic. Look at right. you. No, no guys. No, You're I don't have a 30 inch vertical. <laughs> <laughs> But, I hear you. Well, you know, I was and I was going to get to high school and talk about them state titles, but you beat me to the punch. So hey, you did your research. Yeah. So, but yeah. let's talk about your position and let's yep. see if I butcher this or not. Daniel told me to just let you say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Is it Libero? Ooh, that's an old man's way to say it. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Got him. I told you. Uh, I'm kidding. But honestly, some like the older generation does say Libro, but we typically pronounce it Libero. Mm. Daniel, you were right, brother. I'm sorry. I should have just listened. All right. So for those who don't understand that position, because I, I did research it, but I want you to explain it, what it is your job is to do on the volleyball court. Yep. So number one is to pass. So liberos can only stay in the back row. So, um, People are confused because they wear the different colored jersey, but that's just for refs to be able to understand and make sure like there's no out of rotation things. But 
the biggest thing is they can't go in the front row. So um, they just play in the back row and they dig and pass um, and serve. And those are about the only three skills that we need to master as Liberos. So really you do all the work while people like Ajani get to put on the show, right? It's true. It's true. And all, all volleyball players will say that too, that bros, we call them bros. Bros have get the blunt, the brunt of the work, but um, they, you know, you don't get as much of the fun, shining, shining time. So. Well, one more thing I want to mention, this isn't athletic related, but we always like to, uh, you know, when you stand out academically, you were a member of the National Honor Society and an AP scholar. So shout out to you for not only being an athlete, but academically uh, being successful as well. So that'll leave me a one more question. I'll turn you over, Daniel. What was it that made you choose Kentucky? Oh, my God. Gosh, easiest question. Um, so first of all, my uncle actually is also the, my dad's brother is the chief of staff for the football department at Kentucky. Um, and three of my cousins are on the team. So I always had a huge passion for Kentucky, like besides Wisconsin sports, it was always Kentucky. Um, and so I pursued them like crazy. And so when they finally offered me, it was, it was just the easiest decision. Um, we have the best coaching staff in the country as they were finally recognized. Um, and obviously it shows this year. So it was an easy decision. All right, so obviously, you know, the season went exactly the way that, and Maddie, I don't know if you know this, but we had a Johnny on and we asked her, you know, are you guys going to win a national championship? And without hesitation, she said, absolutely. We are the best team in the country and we will win it all. And I will come back on and I will tell you about it. So (laughs) Hmm. when was that? That I mean, was- it was early in the season. You got eight games. I remember it was eight games into the season. It was the break between the okay. spring and the fall. Okay. So, huh. so Johnny, looking back on that, so the season obviously ended the way that you said it would and the way you wanted it to, but were there was there anything left in the tank? Were there any areas throughout the season where you felt, you know, we – could have still got better at this oh god we it's crazy we were playing at such a high level that last game we played against texas it obviously the few of the scoreboard it didn't look like it was that close for um for texas but that was a super high level game i mean we were doing we were passing great blocking great swinging attacking our setter was the best setter in the country best player in the country so really on all cylinders we were just firing so I think we can always get better in certain places, but as a whole, we were really good. Maddie, was there ever a, a low point in the season? It's like, it's really, it's, yeah. it's really hard to, to pinpoint one thing. The only thing that I can really say from a, from a fan standpoint is looking at the schedule on March 19th. That was a low point. That was not to conflict you but that was probably the highlight of our season is losing to Florida that needed to happen um for us to for us to win the national championship and I think that everyone on our team will say that was that was monumental for us for sure was it Ajani was it kind of a wake-up call to say hey like at any point if we're not on our a game we can't just show up and and be ranked high and expect to win games we gotta we gotta do it yeah, I think that was definitely the turning point. Like, we were playing well before that, but after that, I think no one wanted to feel that feeling like we felt when we walked off the court that first night. And I think our libero says it all the time, Gabby. She said, like, when we got in the locker room, we all knew, like, the next day we were going to beat that team. Like, 
we didn't want to feel that way anymore. We didn't want to lose any more games. So that was really a turning point for us. Well, y'all, y'all turned up that next day because y'all, <laughs> y'all just <laughs> ran rough shot right through them. Yeah. But any, so here's the thing: I, I am not a big Florida fan at all. <laughs> I live in the in the state of Florida, and ever since I lived, I, well, when I moved to Florida, it was the Yokim Noah, the Tim Tebow prime. Mm. And I just wanted to run my head into a wall. Every time I heard the university of Florida or saw anybody do a gator chomp. So anytime you can put one on Florida, like I, I truly like feel really good in my heart about that. Yeah. So. I love it. So Johnny, you know, looking back on the season, what do you, what was the best performance that you had and what was the best performance the team had? postseason included um yeah you could you you could include postseason but i'm looking more for a regular season because to be honest like we're gonna dive into postseason okay um regular season the best performance the team had no he asked you what's the best performance you had i was trying to skip that one (laughs) yeah i know i knew it best performance i had i okay so i think the first night against florida I don't really like to bring this one up because we lost, but I, I think I hit like a 600 hefty block. We lost that game. So I don't really have to talk about that one. I don't know. I hit 800 against LSU one night. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Oh, it had to be LSU. Didn't it? Okay. Okay. (laughs) LSU didn't even, I mean, they didn't even leave the dorm room, man. They (laughs) both games. (laughs) They forgot Uh, they were playing. So hold on. Who was it? Go ahead. They're not a bad team either. You just are really good. Yeah. Who, who was it that you got? So you run into it. Who was it that you got defensive player of the week against, Ajani? Uh, Mississippi State, I think. I mean, when you're defensive player of the week, that's got to be a top moment of the season. Yeah, that was cool because I blocking was sort of becoming a highlight for me over the course of the season. It wasn't my best skill, so that was cool that that I was able to be good defensively that weekend. Maddie, what, what would you say was your best individual performance in the regular season? Um, I had an ace one time <laughs> <laughs> against um, – it might have been LSU, honestly. No, it was the next weekend. I don't even remember. But that was my best my best individual. So, but uh, also – I'm sorry, Daniel. Did you guys talk on the last episode about D switching positions? Was that a topic? No, but we can dive into that. So, Johnny, you you switch positions. At what point in the season did you switch positions? Ha! Well, <laughs> was it was it a forced switch or a voluntary switch? Kind of both. It was the coaches came to me and said, "Hey, we think this can work. What do you think?" And I told them, "Like, if you think it's going to help us win, then I'm like all for it." And it ended up helping us win a lot. So it was fun and it was fine. I enjoyed it. You, so you it say you say it helps you win a lot, but let's be honest, you were already winning. Like <laughs> well, you you wanted to you you wanted to win every single every single game, every single match, everything. Like you didn't want to lose one time. Did not want to lose a single time. So all right, so you're gonna have to explain that to me. How how does that like how does that conversation help? help make the team better because when I look at it on the surface I'm looking at 
the recap and the scores and like you guys are killing it. So how does a, a coach sell that to you and, and say, it's going to make the team better? How, how does it make the team better? Um, I, don't, I, I just remember him saying like, you're super athletic, like to have you on the court at all, is just going to be good for the team. So I just was trying my hardest to do whatever I could to help us be better. And we were already really good. So for them to say that we could be even better was, that was like really cool. It's gotta be, it's gotta be nice to know Maddie, when you, when you have teammates like that, that are willing to sacrifice, you know, even when things are going really well to, to make a change and say, you know, I'm going to do whatever's best for the team. Well, that's the reason we won like hands down. That's the reason we won the national championship. And everyone on our team will say that, that Z switching positions was unbelievably important for our team. Like for people that don't understand volleyball, it's like a, a, a guard in basketball switching to a post. That's like, that's like the best way to describe it. It's just like a completely different um, skill set, a completely different um, volleyball IQ. And Z was so frustrated, you all. Like we're roommates. And so like those first few weeks, she'd come home so mad, not talking to anyone. I'm like, bro, it's a new position. Like you'll get there, you'll get there. And it was like a lot of weeks of telling her that. And then suddenly things started to click. And, um, and when things started to click is when we started getting really, really good because she was just locked in and felt way more confident in that, in that role. So um, that is hugely important to, to our successes here. Was Maddie, was there ever a time where you're like, man, we are playing really well. Is there, was there ever a time where you're like, man, this could just come crashing down at oh. any point? Like, or do oh. you guys just go, no, like nobody can beat us. If we show up, like we're going to win. Um, to, from like a mental standpoint, uh, our last game in Mississippi state in the fall was horrible as he's laughing because like all 16 of us could not wait for our flight home. We were so sick of getting quarantined. I mean, we, myself and like, I was quarantined so many times from COVID. Um, it, it was exhausting. We tested constantly. We hadn't seen our other friends besides our volleyball teammates in four months. It, it was beyond exhausting Daniel. And so, um, that's when I think things could have came crashing down, uh, was that between the fall season and the spring season. And, and instead that's where our team, um, took it upon themselves to take it to the next level. So I don't know if other teams across the nation did, but our team decided to get our heads straight after a really hard fall and then, um, just be ready to compete come January. And so that was, that just shows kind of people that we had. All right, so let's break into the postseason, Maddie. Let's start with you. Is there pressure being a number two seed? Uh, yes and no. I think yes from the point of that the NCAA really emphasizes how good the Big Ten is. I don't know if that's the best way to say it, but the SEC has just never won um, and never won at that level. They've never won a national championship. We were the first one. And so I guess from that standpoint, if that makes sense, it, we had a little bit of pressure, um, but pressure is self-inflicted, right? Like you, you're the only ones that put pressure on yourself. So we knew we were going to win it. We really did. So it wasn't necessarily pressure, but as much as like we wanted to be the people to win it for the SEC and, um, and, and just take, and just, do, do what we came here, came there to do. So I'm glad you said that because that leads me to my question for Azani. You know, you told us eight games into the season that you were going to win it. When that tournament started, did you still know 100% that y'all were going to take that thing? I think like it was even clearer at that point than it was when I told you guys, when I told you guys, I was like confident, like we're going to win national championship and we're really good. 
But by the time we got to the postseason, we were playing the best volleyball. I was like, wow, like we are really going to go in here and run the table. And it was, like I said, even more emphasized at that point than it was in December. Gotcha. And so, Maddie, coming back to you, nerves with the first game versus UNLV, what were they like? (laughs) Pure confidence, I felt. I had never felt so much confidence ever from my teammates and was he was that the game we had to wait around for UNLV yeah, um, I think at that that game the only nerves really came from us playing at like midnight because the games before us just kept going later and later so we were waiting around for probably a couple hours to play and so that was probably where the nerves came from but beyond that I think we all felt pretty ready to go so However, UNLV is, was a really good team they were undefeated and they were fired up so I think that was a little bit of a of a point of contention too so if y'all felt that way about UNLV, and I'll, I'll go with you, Maddie, since we're already talking, Western Kentucky, was it the same way? Was it like, let's just take care of business and keep going? Same thing, um, but I would say the same thing. Western Kentucky is a fiery team. Um, they have a great coaching staff. We know a lot of the girls, actually. We went to, like, an FCA camp with them, so we had, like, friends on the other team. Um, and so it was, complete, it was complete confidence, but it was also we knew we, had, we could not let up at all. I got you. And so, Zion, let me ask you about Washington. Did y'all maybe overlook them, you know, with their seating and maybe because, you know, that seemed like to be more of a struggle than the other games? Um, I think with Washington, I don't think we overlooked them. I think we knew, like, they'd won the Pac-12. They were a good team that could be in the Final Four, could be in the championship game. But they were one of the best-serving teams, probably if not the best-serving team in the country. And that's not something that – someone that doesn't really know volleyball looks at and can automatically tell, but they put a lot of pressure on us from the service line. And so I think that's how it really became such a close game like it was, but they were a really good team as well. We, I think if people look at the bracket and kind of look at how we got to the championship game, they'd probably think uh, they had an easy route or whatever, but we played four, what, four or five really good teams to get where we got. So testament to those teams for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, so that bracket comes out, and Daniel sends it to me. He sends me the picture of it, and we look at it, and we see that Texas is on the other side, and we remember your prediction. So I got to go there, Zani, because it was it was beautiful. You called that y'all were going to make it to this game. You said who you wanted, and you said you wanted to talk about it afterwards. So it all comes to fruition. So here's your moment. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so I don't know – why I just felt like we were going to play Texas in the final that just felt right it felt like we were going to win it just felt like it should have been a fairytale ending but I think I don't know for the rest of our team that they wanted Texas but I really wanted to play that team I know a lot of girls on that team that's a another fiery borderline cocky team and um they can there's some girls that will kind of get in your head and so I I wanted to play that team and show everyone that you know who the who the real dogs were and I think we mm-hmm. did that. So that was really fun. Like I said, I know a lot of girls on that team. So afterwards is bittersweet, like seeing them and crying. But that was – I couldn't have asked for a better game than that. That was so much fun to play in. Yeah, absolutely. It was – I mean, it was fun for us just because, you know, we have you on here. You tell us that. You know, we – all our athletes, we really start to root for. We try to watch them as much as possible. And then just to see that come to fruition, like we said, and then – watch that matchup and the the intensity oh like I just I just loved it to see it come like that and so with that um 
you know, were you ever, uh, Maddie, I'll ask you this question. You know, y'all were down one set to none. At any point, did you still feel like you were nervous, like they may be the better team, or even down 1-0, did you feel like it was in the bag? Um, Tough question. They have a bunch of ballers, absolute ballers. They are some, you know, Eggleston's a stud, Brown Butler's a stud. So um, I back in the back of our heads, like we could not let up. And so after that first set, it was a little bit of a wake up call. It was, uh, um, y'all, we're in the national championship. The time to get our heads out of our butts and um, start competing a little better. And so Madison, um, the national player of the year, and our captain sat us down and said, this is our moment. This is like what we are made to do. And, and it's no better time than now. So after Madison sat us down, it was just kind of a breath of fresh air. And um, we obviously got locked back in and had no problem from then on out. I gotcha. So I got to ask you, Maddie, what's it like to know you're the best team in the country? <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. Like we are celebrities in Lexington. Now I, I do say, I do do my best to make sure that's a, a thing. Right. Z like, I'm always like, these are the natty champs. And then they're, you know, they point back at me and say, so is she, but um, Lexington is so proud of us. And um, with this year being so tough, basketball struggling, football struggling, <laughs> Um, it, it was just awesome to get back there and just have our fans just nothing but excited for us. I will say it's funny, like asking Brez, like the, did you think you were going to win questions? She was the most confident person on our team. At one point or another, people like someone on our team felt like, oh God, it could go downhill from here. Brez is not one of those people at any given point. If you asked her if she thought we were going to win, she thought we were going to win. We could have been down four sets to none and she still thought we were going to come back and win. I'm going to yeah, be... I'm going to be honest. I watched three different sets of matches with y'all um, through that tournament. And with the girls on y'all's team, none of y'all ever looked like y'all were feeling like y'all were ever going to lose. Y'all, I mean, first of all, y'all know how ball in your team is across the board. Like, I mean, like they kept – I was listening to the broadcasters and they didn't know who to talk about the most because y'all got so many good players. Like, you just go on for days. And then watching the confidence that y'all had when y'all played, like – I don't think there was a single player on that team that ever thought they were going to lose. I mean, I think y'all knew how good you were. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. And I think something that's really cool. Um, we talk about this, honestly, a lot, especially at the end of the season, something that our coaches tried to do a lot this year was talk about um, things that were going to happen. So in the past, like our coaches would say, you know, in the past, like five years ago, they'd be like, you know, hopefully we win the SEC. Right. And now that's an expectation. Winning the SEC is an expectation of ours in our program. And so it started this year becoming like when we make the final four, when we make the national championship. And that started in August, right? Z. So like we started kind of speaking things in, into its existence. And my, my friend Cam, our teammate says uh, manifesting. So we just kind of manifested that we were going to win the natty. And so um, it kind of just became regular conversation that definitely just breeds confidence all the time. Absolutely. So I'm going to call you Z one, one time for this last question because <laughs> she keeps calling you and it feels really cool. So <laughs> uh, now Maddie brought it up multiple times throughout this episode and we're kind of talking about it with the SEC. And then you talked about your coach as well, who's well-deserved. What, what does it mean overall for y'all to win the first national title for Kentucky in volleyball? Um, I think there's another thing we talked about a lot this season. There was only 10 teams previously that have ever won a national championship since, I don't know how, how long it's been, 40 years, and 10 teams have only done it. Yeah. So to be the 11th program to do that was really cool. But also the SEC, I think we were the only sport what the SEC has not won a championship in. So – Another thing that was really cool, us making history in multiple ways. And then 
we are in a conference with Florida. I think Florida's been in that game three times. I think there's probably another team that's been in that game before, and we're the first time, first team to win in the in the league. So that was really cool for us. So you you guys get to celebrate and be national champions for and until the start of next year. But uh, Ajani, I'll, I'll ask you first. At at what point does next season creep into your mind? Um. Well, so this is really funny. I texted our head coach a couple of days ago and I saw him like, Hey, like I didn't, I didn't get to see him before I left. I didn't get to get to the offices. And I said, can't wait to get ready for next season, blah, blah, blah. And he said, don't flip the page yet. Like embrace this moment, take it all in. It's not over yet. Like, so I'm not sure when that starts. I'm sure the first day we get in the gym, we'll be ready to go, but I don't know when we stop celebrating this. This is a great feeling. I, I bet. I, I can only imagine what it, what it would be like to, to cut nets down and, and, and really have something that nobody can take away from you. Something as special as this, uh, Maddie, what does a celebration over the summer look like? Oh gosh. We had enough celebrating the last two weeks. We've just been off the walls excited. And like I said, Lexington's excited, but, um, Z knows I'm the opposite. I think I was whispering her in her ear and I was hugging her like, let's win another, let's win another. So I think my uh, ready for next season started on um, April 25th. So I'm ready. To be, I'm ready. To, and we kind of get gypped out of our like reigning champions because the season or like we only get to be reigning champions for six months instead of 12. So well, I guess we just got to make another. So it's 18 months. <laughs> well, it, it's, it just means that it's a shorter break until you get to do it again. That's right. That's right. So, so with that, what are you, and I'll ask both of you, Maddie, I'll start with you. What is the one thing personally that you want to get better at for next season? Um, the one thing I want to get better at for next season is uh, my consistency. Um, Z and I talk about it a lot, but uh, sometimes like during season, you just have a million things to be focusing on. So in the summer, it's nice because you can just solely focus on volleyball and then be ready to go in August. So um, I'll, like I said, I've my dad's got access to the gym all the time and my sisters are old enough to play. So it's kind of fun. We get to bond and get better at volleyball at the same time. Johnny, what about you? What's the one thing that obviously you switched to position. Is that going to be the focus or is it something else? I think skill wise, I can get better in a lot of things, but I think one thing I can definitely get better in is like probably my leadership role. And I know leadership looks different like across the board, but I think I'll probably have a bigger role than I did this last year. So really honing into that and becoming the leader that my team needs out of me. So that'll be fun. All right, Azani, I got a question for you before we move on and play this or that with Maddie. So the whole time through the tournament, I kept listening to something. And remember, we're new to volleyball, but I've seen the pictures of you. I'm watching you. You seem like the, the biggest, fastest, strongest person out there. And all they kept talking about was how you were undersized. And so I got to ask you with that, does that put a chip on your shoulder? Honestly, yes, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, I think every middle we played in the tournament, maybe besides one, which is at Western Kentucky, was probably 6'3 and above. So it's really fun to get out there and kind of show them, like, hey, your height really doesn't matter to me. I don't care who you are. I'm going to go out here and fight for my team. So that it puts a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Yeah, it's they, fun. They it's don't fun. want that smoke. It, <laughs> they really don't there was that picture i shared that her mom posted and when she posted it i was like oh my goodness 
I want to know what how high off the floor you were because you know what if you're five ten and she's six five it doesn't matter if you out jumped her by two feet because <laughs> I promise you were four plus feet off the floor when you were on that thing down. And, and I can I can promise you this I ain't standing in there to take that. <laughs> <laughs> and hey guys, five ten may be an exaggeration. Oh, that's, oh okay. That's yeah, it's a compliment. See, you're probably what five nine. Five nine uh, and a half and three quarters. All right. So Maddie, know. you're listed at five six. So what are you, five four? <laughs> all right. No, I think I'm five seven. I've told them to change that. So I don't know what's going on with five, that. Five seven, but, sure. Yeah. Mm, sure. And and I do want to talk about that with you, Zani, real quick, because I mentioned your mom. Um, I think that's one of the the funnest parts. You know, we have a lot of these athletes on and I become friends with their family on social media. And watching her be your biggest fan, what does it mean? to have her in your corner the whole time. She is a proud mom. I think she was probably more excited than any of us were when we won. I mean, she's posted 10 million times about it, but it's really cool because she is my biggest fan. She loves me so much. So it's really cool to have someone like that in your corner. Who knows? Yeah. She's always going to be there for you. It's, it's really cool. It was maybe an hour after y'all won that she sent me a message and said, hey, I need that clip from that episode where oh. you basically <laughs> predicted it all. So... But all right, well, we play a game, Maddie, and so uh, Zani's got to play this before, so it's going to it's gonna be you. Um, I'm going to keep it nice and easy off the beginning, then we might get a little more difficult, but it's called this or that. And basically, I give you two options, and you choose one, and you can't say neither, and you can't say both. You got it? Got it. All right, so I said I was going to start easy, but actually I changed my first question being that y'all are roommates. Who's cleaner, you or Z? Hey. Are you sure? <laughs> Johnny. She's, she's absolutely 100% right. Yeah, right. She was pulling the wool over our eyes the first time. Man, we it was immaculate. Yeah, it was. I mean, you. I remember it. Yeah. You were at somebody else's house, Z? Is that what it was? No, I was at our house. But Maddie cleaned it before she left, so that's why it was so clean. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So, Maddie, I looked on social media, and I've seen that you love to be out on the water. I've seen lake pics. I've seen beach pics. If you could only be on one, which would it be, the lake or the beach? Lake. Lake, right? Is that, is that, a, is that because you're from up north and that's, that's y'all's thing? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I've only been to one beach, truth be told, is in when we went to Brazil. for First um, beach was the Brazilian beach, the Brazilian coast. Rio, and that's the only one. And so uh, also, you know, you said you played softball along with volleyball, but I've seen that, you know, you don't have any trouble out on the water doing like skiing and stuff. So this whole athleticism thing, you're downplaying everything. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. But yeah, I do like water skiing a lot. I'm a big fan. All right. So speaking of social media, one of the fun questions we like to ask, if a guy was to ask you on a date, would you rather him ask you through the DMs or face to face? Well, Z's seen my, okay, wow, I was about to plug myself there, but I was going to say Z's seen my, <laughs> I was going to say Z's seen my DMs, but so face-to-face, -face, I don't answer DMs very well. All right, and so with that, the face-to-face -face goes well, would you rather him follow up with a call or a text? Text, text. So you're a texter? No, I'm a FaceTimer, but I don't know, that's a little straightforward, I feel like, right? Call? So, hold, so, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> You want you want the, you want these folks to come to you face to face 
to be straightforward with you, but then you want them not to be straightforward. See, this is the problem. Oh, all right. This is why men don't know what women want because you want both. Like it's <laughs> yeah. Girls are tough. I'll say it. I'll say it. Girls are tough. All right. So, you know, we asked about this earlier. It should be an easy question, but we threw it in here just for fun. The Racine Bells or the Rockford Peaches? <laughs> Racine Bells. This time I'll say it right. Racine Bells for sure. What is that? May, right? Yeah. Uh, May and But all, all the way May plays for Rockford. You need to get your movie straight. It's time to go back. Oh, my gosh. It's not my category. I'm really bad at that stuff. They, yeah. They don't kick you out of that county. They're taking back their player of the year. <laughs> you got a, You got an assignment. I need you to go back and watch that movie. Fair enough. Fair enough. I All do. right. Well, speaking of past and uh and and going back and doing things, uh, would you rather go in the past or would you rather go in the future? That's a tough neither one, but I would pick neither. Oh, no, you can't neither. That's I know, I know. Okay, pass, pass, definitely. I, I loved high school. I loved middle school. I, I just loved life. So I'd go I'd go pass. What what if the future was that second national championship? You know what I'm saying? You've got to think that one through. That is true, but I, I like experiencing that without knowing too, right? Well, we guess we did know though. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> and y'all see and y'all seem pretty confident. How many, you know, I, I'll ask this. This is going off topic kind of a little bit, but we didn't really ask how many players are y'all losing from that current team you got? All four seniors. Um, all four seniors kind of had big plans. Um, they're all going to do crazy cool things next year. Like two are going to grad school, two um, or one's got one's got a job and one's going to go go overseas or something. So um, we had we they all have cool opportunities ahead of them. So, but yeah, hey, y'all are going to be good to go, right? Next yeah. next woman up, you got it. Absolutely, yeah. We have two Gatorade Player of the Years coming in out of that senior class. Um, Our freshman class coming in. Duds, yeah. Great. Dan great Daniel, that's what we were missing when we played sports. We had no Gatorade Player of the Years, dude. We were just average jokes. We didn't even have Gatorade, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, got like, we got like fit, fit punch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here comes the last one, Maddie. We like to ask this one. There used to be a right answer. I feel like there is no right answer. Uh, you can go either way with it. I but remember this one. Yes, you do. It, it's kind of changed. So many people have answered it in so many different ways. Like, I just don't know what to think anymore. But would you rather have friends or money? <laughs> if there's a hesitation, the money's the answer. Uh, no, no. She said, she said both. No, I said friends, and here's no, why. No, 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 no. Before you defend yourself, we have figured out that anyone who takes hesitation is money because people who say friends, they say it fast. There's like no hesitation. And there's a hesitation. That means money was all over your mind. Z, did you say, you said, I really said friends fast. She said you? it fast. Wow, that makes me look horrible. It does. Well, I was, she even well, mentioned okay, your name. Okay. She was like, Maddie, friends, Maddie. <laughs> Dang, yeah, okay. I should have said friends. No, I was just thinking, yeah. Ever since somebody said friends with money, I feel like that's the only right answer. Everyone should come <laughs> on and say that. I was going to say, I was gonna say, well, if you have friends, then your friends have money. So, but selfish. So, you know. Matt, uh, Maddie said Tony Romo is the only friend she needs. <laughs> that's right. You got to have friends like him. 
So, you know, we always ask y'all before y'all get off here and everything, you know, is there anything you want to plug? And Azani, I feel like I've seen something on social media. Um, do you have some sort of like show or something that you do? <laughs> yeah. Actually, me and Brez do a show together and it's called Coffee with Z and Brez. And we've been talking to current athletes, coaches, people on our staff, and hopefully we get to expanding our audience and getting towards other sports, but it's been really fun to do that with her. I don't Daniel, say- they're trying to run us out the game. I don't, I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have a player of the year, nothing. I don't have a national championship. So I, I'm, we might as well retire now. Understandable. <laughs> we'll stick to baseball. We got that one on lock. <laughs> All yeah. right, Maddie, is there anything that you would like to plug? That was what I was going to say, actually, during the middle of the show, I was actually thinking we got to plug our show. So we are following on um, our Instagram, like for Kentucky Volleyball has just skyrocketed. So we got to do another episode to see if we can get some, get some more personal follows, right? See? <laughs> yeah. And if y'all want to, uh, you know, you don't have to, if y'all want to throw out your, your personal Instagram, social media, where people can follow you and that Kentucky Volleyball, y'all can as well. Yep. Maddie Brad. wait, Matt. Oh, I changed mine. Yeah, mine's Brez now. It's my last name. And mine is my first name and last name. So it's just a Johnny Teeler. Easy enough. There's only a couple of them out there. (laughs) I think it's Kentucky Volleyball. Follow Kentucky Volleyball to follow our celebration. Yeah. Celebration will continue, I'm sure, throughout the summer. Um, Maddie, a Johnny appreciate it man if there's anything we can do for you guys just reach out let us know uh we wish you guys the best of luck um obviously please have have a safe summer enjoy yourselves and who knows you know johnny i'll I'll ask you 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 made the 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 bold uh prediction are we gonna run this thing back i'm gonna go with yeah i think we have a team to do it again so i'm looking forward to it and getting back to work Maddie, you gonna run it back? We're running it back. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think she's bringing Maddie back. No, <laughs> Azani's not bringing Maddie back because she said money over friends, even though she I didn't know. actually say it. Ever again, Maddie's gonna get back to her apartment. And her stuff is gonna be on the street. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you can. All right, y'all go check them out on Instagram at Bre- at Brez at Azani Teeler. Check out. University of Kentucky Women's Volleyball on Instagram. Coffee with Z and Brez. Let us know, you know, tag us. We'll we'll be more than happy to to check you out, plug and promote you guys. We wish you guys the very best. Uh, Reach out to us if you need us. Thank you all. This has been awesome. I appreciate you guys having us on. Yeah, thank you for having us. You got it. Hey, that's Johnny Teeler and Maddie Brezowitz, everybody. We're going to take a break. We're going to plug some sponsors. When we come back, Jim and I are going to talk some headlines. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you. And Jim, we're going to lead off tonight with some NBA. I was going to start with the standings and the the last week of the regular season, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to talk about your boy, Russ, and and, and the accomplishment that he had actually just about an hour ago. Yeah, you know, we've talked about it numerous times. And what I thought was good was they had guys like Jason Kidd, and numerous other players, they asked them about this accomplishment. And the thing was, they showed clips from about 14, 15 years ago of different players who said, 
would anyone ever be able to break the big O's record? And Jason Kidd was one of them. That was the beauty of coming back, circling back around to him now. And he had said then, there's no way this record will be broke. And they were basically the guys who were the closest, you know, Magic Johnson was another name. And it was something that didn't seem to be that it was going to be broke. And he did it. And he did it while he's still only 32 years old, Daniel. So, I mean, that number is going to keep climbing because if you know Russ, he's still going to leave it out on the court every night. But, yeah, he has 182 triple-doubles. Yes, people will point out it came in the loss. A loss by one point to the fourth seed in the East without Bradley Beal. So, you know, is what it is. But, Daniel, I'm going to just say this. We've always talked about the stat padding thing, right, people who stat pad. And the number that I, I always like to throw the rebounds out, you know, I do that because it's definitely – Bro, you cannot say something about a guy who gets 21 assists, especially when I just told you that Bradley Beal wasn't there. And if any person who's not a big-time NBA fan read this roster, they the, the biggest player to them might be Robin Lopez. So Robin Lopez. So shout-out to Russ, man, for just every night bringing it as hard as he can. He doesn't care who's with him. He's going to bring his A game. He's going to try as hard as he can, win or lose. And um, what a big accomplishment. And you know what? Daniel, we know he's probably going to go down with no championship, right? But he does have MVP. He does have two scoring titles. He does have two assist titles. Looks like he's going to get his third. And he does have the triple-double record. And so if you're not going to get a championship, I mean, get everything else. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean – He's got to be probably up there with one of the greatest players to not win a championship. And, I mean, it, it's still – I would say for him, he's still good enough and it's still early enough to where he could be on a contender and possibly win one, you know, towards the, the, the last one or two years of his seat, of his career. But you, you talk about assists and stat padding and, and people don't give him credit for him facilitating the ball – um, like he does. I mean, you said he had 21 assists tonight. Correct. He probably would have had 30 if if your boy Davis Bertans makes some shots. <laughs> so, that guy, that's Randy's dude. Uh, shout out to to Randy. He needs he needs a new dude. Let's just put it that way. But man, just thinking back, like we're now on the last week of the regular season for the NBA. And I, I want to break down currently where we're at. I mean, the Eastern. Well, before you do that, can I talk about something on the Eastern, on how big that game was? So, had the Wizards won that, they'd have been within a half a game of the Hornets. And let me tell you the relevance of that now. With the news of Jalen Brown being out for the season for the Celtics, and they seem to be the seventh seed. And you know how big I am on Boston, right? But I'm not big on them without Jalen Brown. That eight seed looked really Really good, dude. And they still have a chance at it. There's, there's still a few games left, and um, they actually play Charlotte the last game of the season. They play Indiana again. They play the two teams above them, right? What more could you ask for? So you can still get there. But now the 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 matchup that I wouldn't have wanted is the matchup that I'm salivating over because, you know, with no Kimba and no, and no Jalen Brown, I mean, you're just asking Tatum to carry that team, and you got Russ and Beal. I'll take that matchup. Would you would you rather I mean obviously I guess 
matchup aside, you would still rather be a seven or an eight seed, right? Because if you lose, you still have the opportunity to play your way in. Correct. But with that being said, I said I wanted Boston, and, and I'm not scared of Charlotte. If you take care of the Pacers, who you've done beat twice in the 9-10 matchup, then then you, you obviously have to win multiple times to get in, but you still would get that matchup that you would want. Now, then the problem becomes you'll end up facing – the Philadelphia 76ers, which is a whole different thing. But all I ever told you I wanted was for them to get in, right? So um, I, I, I'll, just take, I'll just take what I get. I can get um, as many games as Russell Westbrook as I can get. As far as the rest of the East, um, you know, obviously I just watched the Hawks. They're they're pretty solid team. Um, you know, they got Trey Young, but I think more so Capella was doing his thing. Uh, Bogdanovich can shoot threes. from uh, That dude was shooting threes like Steph Curry tonight, which is – I've seen him do it before. The Knicks are still the story, right? But I don't think they scare anybody. Um, and then there's, you know, there's the Nets, the Sixers, and the Bucks. Same same, same three teams it's been, right? But I don't know, Daniel, do – who do you trust? Who do you trust more? Because I still think at the end of the day – I trust I trust one player on those three teams more than anybody. No matter how much I dislike them, I trust Kevin Durant more than I do Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, James Harden, or Giannis. I don't. Well, yes, but I just don't trust the Nets. I just because you don't like that they don't play defense, and that bothers you because you like a team that, well, that does it all. Well, it's proven that in order to win a championship, you got to have some semblance of defense when it matters yeah because i think that was that was something that people always um it was misleading right people thought those warriors teams were all offense right but they were in the top 10 in defense every single year they won the championship well i mean you you had firsthand experience when when russ was with the rockets i mean those dudes put up points and what kind of defense did they play yeah and then once the three ball stopped falling it was man it was start getting like, whooped yeah but man, I, I don't know. I still, I mean, the the top three seeds are the top three seeds, and obviously, if you're anybody below those, you you have a fighting shot. But um, you know, I, I don't know. To me, the Sixers, the Nets, and the Bucks are equally as as well, beatable. Well, here, well, here's the thing they brought up, right? So let's say you get to the second round and you got Brooklyn against Milwaukee. All right, so. Obviously, Drew Holiday is known as an elite defender. So you put him on Harden or Kyrie. The problem is Conigan then has to defend the other one, and that's a serious mismatch, and that's your problem. Because, because you know, you, you then got the freaking Durant. So there's still – when you have a big three like the Nets, there's still one guy that's unaccounted for. It, is this where – and I know the, the Heat aren't the Heat of, of last year's postseason right now, but – is this where you look at Miami and you go, man, like they're not sitting in too bad of a position. They, they were not, weren't they the five last year? And they're in the six right now. I, I'm almost hundred percent sure Daniel, they were the five because they knocked off the number one in the second round. Yeah. I, I don't think seating necessarily matters with what we saw from Miami last year. So in relevance to your question, and they knocked off the bucks last year. So yeah, we can't write that matchup off if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I, I am. 
I I say that to bring up the fact that the Knicks, the Hawks, the Heat, even the Celtics and whoever, you know, Hornets, Pacers, Wizards, Celtics, that whatever combination of two teams that come out of that, because I, I just don't see the Bulls that with the rest of their schedule. They'd have to win them all and somebody would have Yeah, to no, I, I, already, I already wrote the other day that the Wizards are in because it would require the Wizards losing the last four in Chicago, winning the last four, and I just – I mean, if that happens, that happens. But I'm going to go against that prediction all day. But yeah. here, here's what I'd ask you, and this will be the last thing on the East. If I told you that the 4-5 matchup in the East before the season was going to be the Hawks and the Knicks, dude, how stupid would you have told me I was? I would have said you were silly. I mean, the – I mean, it's the Knicks and the Hawks. I mean, we would have we would have not even had them in if if they were, they would have been in that that seven, eight, nine. All right. So remember in football, it was crazy to pick the Browns, right? That's like picking two Browns, right? Like true. Um, the Knicks, especially because I mean, their level of relevance hasn't been that high in a while. And I think I, I would think root Lit, for them. Lit sanity was the last time the Knicks had any like momentum of steam. And I think for that reason, they say, I mean, they were still the, I think the second highest, uh, uh, the most expensive franchise to the Cowboys. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Knicks were still number two. Uh, and if not, they were number three. But with that being said, um, Ratings say the Knicks winning is good for basketball. So with that being said, I would absolutely want them to win that first round matchup because it says it's good for basketball. And I want I want whatever's good for the NBA. Yeah, but you you want the Knicks taking on on Philadelphia? Well, do you want the Hawks taking on Philadelphia? It's gonna go the same way either way. Here's the pro here's the problem with the Knicks. I can't tell you anybody on the team. Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. I can't yeah, tell and you that's, that's only because we talked about that last week because I, I <laughs> we, we had that conversation. And, like, I, I, I said that, you know, tongue-in-cheek. But, I mean, that I think that's the point of the Knicks is that – but maybe that's the good thing. Nobody knows a lot about them and nobody knows, you know, you know who, who is on that team because you don't have a guy like a Trey Young on the team. You don't have a guy like a Jimmy Butler. Um you know, you don't, you don't have those, you know, Julius Randle's a good player and, you know, RJ Barrett's a, a good player, but they're not those names. So it, it'll be awesome to see it, especially if they win that first series. I mean, if that's the case, do we start getting the, the Nick treatment the same way we get the Yankee treatment where, and, and I, I can say this about the Dallas Cowboys as well. At the beginning of next season, is it going to be, oh, the Knicks, the Knicks are the team to beat. Are they going to be there in the top? I don't think so. Yeah, it, they, they got a lot to prove and a long way to go, even though they, they've been proven and showing this year. They've been pretty uh, consistent with, with, with how they've been playing. Um, but let's let's transition to the West. You, you pretty much got the top – I would say the top six, seven for sure. Um, after that, you're, you're kind of – it's it'll probably rotate. The Grizzlies, I think, beat the Pelicans tonight and, and 
I think the Grizzlies solidified themselves in the play in a, a play-in game at least tonight. What I will ask you is, we, we we just talked about the question of seven or eight. If you're a Grizzlies fan, would you want to be in the eight seed and have to play the Lakers? You told me you're going to have to beat anything that's in your way, no matter what. So I'm going to say that sure. And especially if LeBron is not 100%, because didn't you also tell me that you don't want him to heal up the earlier, the better? So, yeah. I, I think so. I think when – if those guys are sitting out and you you move right into a, a, a play-in scenario, I think you want those guys before they've had a chance to, to put some miles on the tires because um, you might catch them. You, you really might. And I think that's what's – What's funny to me is that LeBron talked about this play-in process being a joke, and now he finds himself in it. Right. Um, it would it would be karma if if they didn't make it out of it. That would be funny to me. Um, and I'll say this: Golden State, like if you if you look at history, the Lakers don't have an answer for Steph Curry. They don't. I will say that not many people have an answer for AD either, but that's, you know, you got give if Curry goes out and scores 50 points, it's going to be a tough night for the Lakers. I mean, and, yeah. Am I am I wrong am I wrong with that analysis or I don't think I don't care what Steph Curry can do if if we're talking about the Lakers or Portland or any of those teams, I don't think he can do it. And and I saw an interesting argument today, right? So they were talking about he should be considered MVP and he was more a deserving MVP than Russell Westbrook and James Harden and their two years. And Daniel, I'll tell you this, that first of all, shooting threes and, and scoring more points doesn't necessarily make you a better player. James Harden and Russell Westbrook average more assists and rebounds, but more so take stats aside. Their teams finished in their MVP years fourth and fifth in the West, and they're hanging on to an eighth seed by a thread. And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rooting against Golden State and the Golden Boy because for whatever reason, he gets a pass. And he's woe is me, not him personally, the, the people. He has nobody around him. Dude, you know, as me as a Russ fan. And you've seen what Harden has had around him in the past. I don't want to hear that crap at all. At all. And so it's fun to watch Curry put up 50. Watching him shoot threes is amazing. When he's not going against your team, it is awesome. But I don't think he's good enough to beat the Lakers I don't know that he's good enough to beat the Grizzlies, and he sure as hell ain't good enough to beat Portland. But if he did, people would say, I told you so. Of course. So there, there's always that. I mean, when you got a weapon like that, you always have a chance. I, I'll let's, let's end the NBA talk with this. Run me through. Let's let's go back to the east. Run me through the east. How how do we end up at the end of this week? One, give me one through ten. So I think 
I, we, I know, I know that it's the first three, right? The first three, yeah. I'm going to go with, look, the Hawks. I think the Hawks are going to have a chance at – they're going to have a chance at the four because um, they just beat the Wizards tonight. They're going to be – they already said they're going to be without Bill again. And obviously, I just watched that game, and the Wizards only lost by one. But it's it's really tough when you just got a guy kind of got one guy right, and so I think the Hawks have a really good chance. But it doesn't matter, right? We've always talked about that the four and five, right? And home court with them only allowing, depending on which venue, half at best. So those may be your only ones that change. I told you Boston doesn't have Jalen Brown, so they're not moving from the seven, and Miami's going to stay at the six. And so your your eight through ten of your teams that could be interchangeable. Charlotte, like I said, their next few games are hard, but that would require Washington and Indiana to to win theirs. And I told you Washington plays Indiana and Charlotte. I'm gonna go bold, um, even with the L tonight, and even with what I just told you about Atlanta, um, just because I want to be optimistic. I want to say that Washington gets the eight, but at very minimal they'll get the nine. The Bulls are out. Oh yeah, I think the Bulls are out. They, I don't foresee. I think they they got a game against Milwaukee. They got two against uh, Brooklyn, I think. So like, I, not that those guys will have a reason to be playing starters. I just don't at this point. I don't think Chicago's in it. Um, but yeah, I think we're the. I think I think seven, eight, nine, and ten stay exactly where they're at with Boston the seven, Charlotte the eight, Indiana the nine, Washington the, the 10. I think the the switch up is gonna be, I think the Hawks are gonna move up to four. I think the Knicks are gonna move to five and I think the Heat stay where they're at. I just think those two teams flip flop. Not that it matters, I mean, you know, but looking at the West, I would say we're pretty confident Utah, Phoenix, Clippers, Nuggets, Mavericks, and then it gets dicey because right now the Trailblazers have won three in a row and they're playing well. They're holding on to the six by one game over the Lakers. The Lakers have, I mean, they, they, I think they have the most to play for out of the six through the 10 um, because I, I don't think, me personally, I wouldn't want to be in that seven, eight, nine, ten, where I'm having to play more games than I need to. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I think Portland holds on to the six. I think LA ends up in that seven spot, and then I think it's going to be a eight, nine, ten battle with San Antonio being ten, and I think uh, I think Grizzlies and Golden State stay exactly where they are. I think they end up winning the the winning and losing the same amount of games, even though they do have one game against each other at the very end. So, but what, what, what do you think? I think you're pretty accurate. What I want to ask you about in, in regards to how it all falls, they said today that they don't care, the, the, you know, the so-called experts, they don't care how it falls that they don't believe that Utah or Phoenix can beat either L.A. team. So all the seeding is really irrelevant. 
while I can see why they say that, because me and you even said that before the season, can you genuinely believe that? Because I feel like Utah and Phoenix and even Denver has earned more respect than that. No, because you're then you discredit the 70 games that they played before that. Like, then why play those games of seeding if you're saying now that seeding doesn't matter? Like, Utah won, has won 50 games. Like, they're the best team in the league for a reason. It's, it's seven not, in their last three. I mean, they, they've been winning yeah. all year. Like, I, that, and I saw, so I found that, like, it, you know what it made me do, Daniel? Like, I don't root for either L.A. team either either way, but it really makes me want – obviously, we root for the Grizzlies in the West first, but it made me say, please, Utah or Phoenix win the West because they basically have gave you no shot. I mean, just looking through, like, Utah right now, how could you not pick them to do well – they haven't lost more than two games in a row the whole season. And I just – what I've seen as you were pulling it through, like their last loss came to the Suns, who's the other team that's right there. So, I mean, like, you know, like – I mean, even, even looking, you know, at the Suns, like, you know, I'm looking at their schedule too. There was – so I see a lot of – I see a lot of Ws, bro. Well, I just look at how often they've lost more than two games and that – that was one time in the season they, they where they lost three, and that was early where they played. They lost two to Denver and then one to Oklahoma City, which, I mean, when you're Look at that about, stretch you just pulled up. Look, they beat, they beat Boston, Philly, Brooklyn, uh, Milwaukee, all, all in a row. Like, that's a hell of a stretch to really prove yourself. They basically beat the top four in the East. Yeah, it's – you can't – I don't know how you combat that. Like, I don't know what you can say. Like like I said, I think you discredit what the teams have done over the past 70 games when you say that seedings don't matter. So, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I'll, I'm, I'll end with this. I'll tie it to our NFL discussions last year, right? Now, I get Chris Paul hasn't won – I'm going to go to Phoenix directly. I get Chris Paul hasn't won a championship, but he is experienced as it gets. He is as, as smart and savvy as a player as it gets, whether you like him or not. And so when they talk about these guys like Booker and Aiton haven't been there before, don't you trust a guy like CB3 to lead them in the right direction? Yeah, because you know the, the stage is not going to be too big. I mean, when you got, when you got Booker – who could easily go out there in a big time situation. Like he's never been in a game seven situation where everything is on the line. A guy like Chris Paul, like allows a Devin Booker to go out there and not have as much pressure and be more relaxed and, and, and probably thrive in that situation. And even, and even just, you know, I don't know. I said I was done, but even on the Utah, like we talk about a Mike Conley, Mike Conley has been there before. Yep. He knows what it's like and, and having – all it takes is one guy. I mean, that, that's really all it takes is to just to believe um, and, and just – And that's really, why I use the Tampa analogy because it only took one guy. Yep, absolutely. So, man, let's, let's see how it shakes out. Next week will be fun when we sit here and we get to go through the, the playoffs and, and give our predictions for that. But – 
baseball, man, you know, I, I guess the, the best place to start is where our team is and the Cardinals have, have, man, they've been playing well. They pulled themselves up. They're 21 and 14, first place in the central two games up on the Brewers in second place. Um, I mean, pitching's gotten a lot better. They're swinging the sticks. I mean, do you know who else is swinging the stick? Captain Jack Flaherty, baby. Oh yeah, he he had a day. He definitely had a day his last outing. But man, and and this this is what being a Cardinals fan is all about because you know that they always have potential to be exactly where they're at right now. But they did. But they did the thing that they never usually do, and it's paid off big time because they went out and got the big time free agent. And Arenado has been everything you want him to be. Like, you see these home run clips, and then I seen the highlight from last night where he snapped dude off and just fired a rifle. And it's like a guy that can get it done on both sides. Oh, it's dreamy, bro. Yeah, while, while we're in the National League, the East, man, here come the Mets. The Mets are, are leading the division, uh, 16 and 13, a game up on the Phillies. And – the Braves are, are right there at 517 and 17, a game and a half back. But like this division, like you can slowly start seeing the Braves and the Mets work their way through, which is. But, but I laughed because every week you show the East, because remember the Nationals were at top of the East last week. Like the East is funny. You know, you always, you ask the question, who will like be a different division leader every week? My pick this week is going to be the East no matter what. Because well, it, it, it is every week. But if you look, the Mets have won their last five. And I, I, I've been saying it for two weeks now. All it takes is for some team to win four or five in a row. And, like, boom, there you are from the bottom to the top. Um, I mean, you, you look at the Giants who are, are constantly winning, you know, games. Like they've That's slowly... the story of baseball because all it was was preseason. Dodgers, Padres, Dodgers, Padres, and nobody – ever and it's still early but still to even at this point in the season no one would have ever gave them a chance at all and here they are they're, they're just continually to do what they do yeah had the the diamondbacks not lost six in a row they would be up there in the conversation as well so let me ask you this stay down there why are the dodgers two and eight in their last 10 have you have you seen why by just out of curiosity i know west coast games you live in the east coast have you been able to see it myself? I haven't. I'm just curious if you've happened to see what's going wrong in LA. So I watched a little bit of Trevor Bauer pitch, yeah, yesterday, and he looked he looked okay. Like I I don't think it was I think it was run support, um, maybe that that could be the issue. I, I don't know. I mean, like you said, it's a West Coast team, and I think what it is is it's like it's like when we talk NBA and we talk about the Lakers, you know, the Lakers are sitting in that seven spot, but nobody is, is lacking their confidence of being able to win it all. Like the Dodgers sitting in third place in the West, um, two and a half out of first from the giants. Like my, I think my confidence isn't shook on whether they're going to be there in the end. Right. So, you know, it's it's fun though i i i think it's it's there's some parody going on i think there's there's some fun you know back and forth and yeah 
would you be okay if the standings every week just kept flip-flopping like this? Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I think so. It's too. A, except in the NL Central, of course. I mean, we don't want the Cardinals flip-flopping. No, no. I mean, we, we want them to hold steady and just play well. Um, but when we look at the American League, um, we'll start with the East. The Red Sox back in first place um, with, I mean, they're up three and a half on the Yankees and three and a half on the Rays. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where they, they won four in a row, which, you know, streaks like that, it looks like this year is going to be a big a, a difference maker. Like when you can rattle off three or four games in a row, uh, especially when you're a half game up or tied with a team, like that's, that's, that's a big deal. Um, I, I don't, I'm not ruling out the Yankees. I'm not ruling out the Rays from the playoffs. Three and a half back is very obtainable. Um, but we look at the central, man, like the White Sox, the Indians, the Royals. Last week, it was the Royals at the top. Now they're sitting three and a half back and they've lost eight in a row. So, like, it, it's it's crazy, you know, the central and the American League, like it, it's anybody's game. It's I think it's going to come down to who who goes out and wins it and who doesn't want to lose it the most. But didn't we say when we were picking preseason uh, each division, I mean, Chicago had the most talent, right? And I feel like they're starting to get it together. That, that was I, that was who we thought would win, so I'm not surprised that they are finding themselves and they're at the top of that division at all. Yeah, I mean, outside of the Cardinals, it looks like, and the Red Sox, you know, they're, I mean, their winning percentage is, is third highest in the league. Like, that's that's pretty damn good. Can I ask you this? Because I didn't notice it until I just saw it. Dude, the A's, we know about their winning streak. We know what they've been doing. Dude, how are they doing it with a minus 10 differential? Did I see that right? Yeah, minus 10. That's, that's wild. Well, and – What's really wild is when you look at the White Sox and we talk about how they're now they're leading and they're figuring it out. Their differentials plus <laughs> 53, like that's the highest in baseball. So right there is a key indicator of why the White Sox are where they're at. And when it comes to the A's, like I just think the A's, they just know how to they know how to strategically win if i was to place a bet today daniel if you asked me to go down the goal strike and place a bet on an american league team to represent in the world series i'd pick the a's because every year we know what they are capable of we know they're right there and at some point i feel like they're gonna break through right and since you know we obviously root for your rays but i you know after they got stripped of a lot of talent I would I would be more inclined to go with the A's if I was to pick a team I'd want to represent the American League. Oh yeah, I mean when you talk about the story and the the David and Goliath story, like those guys are like we gotta pick them. Like they they are true grinders and doing the most with the least plus we want them to not let houston win that division <laughs> yeah I, that's the biggest thing I, I, anybody other than houston in that division i think we're both happy with but there, there goes your 
Los Angeles Angels. But what it's proven is what's the the Angels are proven because uh, I don't know if you've seen Mike Trout is still the only player in MLB baseball to be hitting over 400 still. And Otani is winning games when every time he pitches and he's leading the league in home runs. And yet they're at the bottom of the division. I two figured guys, it out. Two I, guys can't, two guys can't win at all. I mean, it's not hard to figure out. I figured you out. The reason why you're infatuated with the angels <laughs> is because they're very similar to Russell Westbrook, Mike Trout. Stats and don't win. <laughs> Correct. Those are your kind of guys. So, uh, all right. So that's a low blow. That's a low blow, bro. I know, I know. I apologize, but I mean, there. Mike Trout's got a long way. Hey, you know the good news is I got two hats in my closet, and they're both winning the Central Division in the American National League. I got a White Sox and a Cardinals hat, so I'm a winner, bro. Go on, see. There you go, flip flopping. Yeah, you can you can represent whoever's winning at the time. They just happen to both be winning there. I actually so. just picked out White Sox hat because it's fresh as hell. It's very, very traditional, though. I think black. Well, and white. no, no, I don't have the black and white one. I have the old school logo that's red, white, and blue. Oh, well, that's that's pretty tight, then, I guess. So, give me one team in the American League and one team in the National League that you picked to uh, to be back on top next next week when we talk. I'm going to – dude, I'm going to break the rules of this or that. In the American League, you got to say none. None? Okay. None. Because that means I'd have to say the White Sox got dropped by the Indians, and I don't believe it. Because I'm not picking the Astros, and I think the, the Red Sox are in a good position. Okay. You? Who, you? I mean, you pick one then. Give me, give me the Seattle Mariners. Dude, you're going against the A's. That's the pick we just made, bro. I, I yes, but I, from a week to week standpoint, like I'm not picking the Astros. Now, Seattle could be tied with Oakland. That would be fine. In two and a half games, though, you I mean, you're asking Oakland to have a bad week, which is quite possible. They they've lost one. <laughs> for I for na- for National League, I mean, I I think the. I think my my choice is pretty pretty easy. I'm I'm going with with the Braves. Well, that sucks because it was on the tip of my tongue because that's what I was going with. But since you picked it, and I don't want to be the same, give me the Padres. Padres leading the West. I got the Braves leading the East. But I obviously clearly love your Braves pick. Yeah, I mean, I I think you know they got they've won the last two. Austin Riley's our guy. I mean, they're 500 ball club. They were sitting in, you know, in the cellar last week. They're they're playing all right. Well, and and back, you know, we talk about we talk about Austin, but I mean, um, you know, the guy again, dude. Each year, he because he's just not flan, you know, flashy. He's not he's not some big superstar dude. Freddie Freeman is like that dude, right? Like it's crazy. He just keeps doing what he does. Well, I mean, when we talked to Austin, you like it wasn't it you could tell it wasn't a guy talking about a teammate because it's his teammate. It was a guy talking about another player with admiration and respect. Like 
he knew and appreciated everything that Freddie Freeman does for that ball club. And I, it, when you talk to other people that are Braves fans, they, they restate those sentiments about, you know, Freeman being such a great player, but also like when you watch ESPN and they, they show highlights and they talk to him, like he is like, he's that guy. So uh, it's, it's hard not to root for guys like that. Absolutely. Man, speaking of, of standings, give me an update on SEC baseball, man. Yeah, it's pretty interesting going down the stretch. Had Mississippi State not lost in the uh, extra innings, they had the lead going to the bottom of the ninth. They would be in a four-way tie with Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. But nevertheless, they're one game back. So going into this weekend, you have Arkansas at Tennessee, top of the east, top of the west. So we'll see what happens. You know our boy Chad Dallas is on the mound. He's salivating at this opportunity. Um, so hopefully Tennessee gets it done. Ole Miss, man, they really, because they lost two of three this weekend, and I don't know what the status of Gunner Hoglin is. Um, they got a tough one against Vanderbilt, but we'll be pulling for them. Our boy Hayden Leatherwood had a big weekend. So just really room for them. Even Ben Van Cleve had uh had some big hits, man. Man, leg got a triple. The Swayze, the Swayze Silverback got him a triple. So uh, you know, really be rooting for them. Uh, the rest of the series, I expect to not be very competitive. I'm going to be in Starkville for Mississippi State against Missouri. I want to see bombs. I want to see lots of them. And uh, I do want to bring that up. That's the only thing I want to talk about. And then we can just uh, move past and go to next week in regards to SEC because we're going to see how it all shakes out. But I want to talk about Tanner Allen. He is the only SEC player to hit with more than a 300 average and is in the top 15 in SEC in runs, hits, and RBIs, top 50 nationally in hits, runs, and RBIs, has a 406 average in SEC play with 24 runs, 39 hits, and 27 RBIs. So shout out to Tanner Allen from Mississippi State. I'll be watching them up close and personal this weekend. And uh, good luck to our boys from Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, with Tennessee, they they got a big series. They they could solidify themselves as being the 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 best team in the SEC at the end of the weekend. Um, you know, what also could happen is that Florida, you know, moves themselves into the the top tier. Uh, they got a series against Georgia. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the the weekend shakes out and how we we look at um, the standings. Well, just, just to throw you a name to look forward to, man. If you get a chance on Sunday, a guy who is he's six and two on the season. He's under the radar on Tennessee. Blade Tidwell, because you know we spend a lot of time talking about the Chiefs. Um, I like his matchup against any third day guy for Arkansas. So, um, if the Chiefs can do his job and if Blade can stay hot, I will take them to take two or three um, on a prediction. So, um, watch for him. If you don't get to watch it, look for the stats. The kid, the kid's legit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, e either way it goes, e even if, if you, you don't know anybody playing, you got the top two teams in the SEC playing each other this weekend. Um, before we head into the last series of SEC play next weekend and, and get the final standings for the conference tournament. Um, Jim, man, it's, it's uh, setting up to be quite the, 
the whirlwind finish for the SEC. Uh, but with that, man, anything you want to throw in there? Any last call stuff? Anything that we missed? No, I feel like we did it pretty good. I just, you know, shout out to female athletes, right? We did the two LSU gymnasts last week. We did the two Kentucky volleyball stars this weekend. Obviously, you're fixing to plug our next guest and both of us being girl dads, man. I just uh, shout out to the to the women athletes out there, man. Not even just competing, man, but winning titles and, you know, working just as hard as every male athlete out there. And so I just I really want to say how proud I am of them for what they do and the role model presence they set for our daughters. Absolutely, man. So, you know, with that, let's let's get on out of here. I want to thank Johnny Teeler and Maddie Brezowitz for joining us. They are our newly uh, crowned national champions for University of Kentucky women's volleyball. They're going to run it back, I believe, next season. They're going to come on and talk to us, and that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it was nice talking to them and getting to know them, uh, especially Maddie, uh, the second time around. But if you like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. You can retweet us on Twitter. You can listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, your comments, feedback, and rating are always welcome. We're going to see everyone next week for episode eight, where, you know, national champions are the, the theme. We're bringing on another national champion, NAIA women's soccer national champion. Grace McClellan is going to be back to talk to us about Kaiser University and, and their run to the national championship. So uh, you don't want to miss that. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.